The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention WBCALP, 102.9 FM. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email radio at bnntv.org. Hi, I'm your host, Larry Gambottom, and you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Name of the program is Observation from the Trenches. And again, as I stated earlier, I will state it again, my focus is really to look at issues that are undermining and impacting Black American community, because I believe that we have become the the forgotten group. Forgotten. We now have been merged in with people of color. Our unique needs that brought about all these uh, initiatives aimed at uh, addressing systemic racism, structural racism that uh, American blacks were facing, have now been weaponized to use, have, have been weaponized, and have been used for everybody's benefit but the group that Dr. King was murdered for to assist, which were American black. So again, again, I'm not against any group. I have no, no extra grind against no group. I don't disparage any group. I don't uh, debase any group. I have no, no extra grind against no group. I speak from my perspective of my group because I believe that we have become, we have become the forgotten group. We now, according to... Uh, Economists now are a permanent underclass. So I address issues that affect us, and they might affect other people, but they, they affect us worse. Before these other folks of color got here, we were the primary target, and we still remain the, prim- the primary target. So again, I want to be clear, I'm not against immigrants. I'm not against immigrants. I'm just for the group that has, that has, been, that has become totally forgotten and totally removed from the table. All other folks' groups, issues are discussed. As a matter of fact, folks won't even mention anything that pertains to black America unless they include Hispanics, other at-risk group. But when it comes to those groups, their issue can stand alone. And I believe we don't need anyone to validate our legitimate grievances against the government. Because to me, in my mind, we are a bottom cast because of laws. We are the only group that was because of laws, we were locked out of wealth. Locked out of wealth. And keep in mind that American-born blacks were here from 1619 to now, it's 403 years. We should be one of the most wealthiest groups here, along with white people, the white community, if it was not for structural, systemic laws that locked out out our group. So today's topic I want to speak about police do not prevent crime. I say again, police do not prevent crime. And you hear a lot of the clamor for law and order now. You see a lot on the TV of, you know, folks breaking the law, you know, smashing grab, <clears throat> smoke of kids doing hijacking, you know, car car hijacking. Robbing people, selling drugs, everything, you know. And what you see in there are crimes of poverty. What you see in there 
are groups who have been structurally locked out of wealth because of racial laws that prevented their parents, 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 parents from passing inheritance wealth down to them. And again, I'm not excusing, right, or exonerating these individuals because what they're doing is wrong. No doubt about that. I'm with you on that. But when you hear a loud clamor, as you had, as you had, as you had in the last year or so, always depicting, you know, criminal activity, calling them criminals, predators, ministers, ministers to society. What you're about to see is what occurred in the 60s with President Richard Nixon when he started claiming law and order, right? Who got body slammed? American blacks, namely American black males. And what's really so daunting then and now, they will give you plenty, plenty, plenty of people in blue uniform. You get a massive dose of people in blue uniform, meaning police officers, and a serious buildup of cages to put you in called prison. But what the elite will not do, all right, what those in power will not do is share the wealth with black Americans through city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, private contracts, the trade, anything that a gives you or allows you, right, to earn high income. They won't do that. But they will definitely make sure they give you a constant dose of what I call people in blue. And most of the folks in blue are going to be from their community. From the community. Folks who have no clue about our culture, our lineage, how we got here, the condition that kept us here. All they know is what they've been fed and told via the media and their parents around the table, table during dinner time. So I want to make it clear. This is not against the police. We need police. Be the first to tell you that. I'll be the first one to admit that. But to say that police prevent crime you know, is an oxymoron statement. They come after you've been assaulted, after you've been robbed, after you've been carjacked. They come right after you've been shot, house broken into, which way they go, what they have on, what they look like. They don't prevent these things from happening. Our system is not set up for them to be what I call proactive, preventing crime. And most of the crime is being occurred by what? Poor people. I call them income, income crimes of poverty. Not excusing that behavior. Don't get me wrong now. Not excusing that behavior. What I find so disingenuous, you don't say, okay, we're going to make sure these underserved groups that we done locked out deliberately, we're going to make sure that they now going to get and sharing the, the billion of dollars spent on city contract, state contract, federal contract, private contract. We're going to make sure that the, the trades, all right, go out there, recruit and train those black males and black females. Okay, whereby they can have what I call high income position. All right, whereby hey, they can afford, all right, to be comfortable. Comfortable for them, and, for them and their family. They don't do that. Okay, they don't do that. And so again... What you hear now is the clamoring for law and order. What you see on TV all the time is crime. Crime is rapid. Crime is rapid. Crime is rapid. But who you see committing those crimes? Poor people. Poor, uneducated, uncultivated males. Namely black. 
you know, and Hispanic and some poor whites. Look at the type of crimes that they are committing. Think about it. All income related. Selling drugs. You got an income problems, my, my, my brother. It means that you cannot, you know, because you lack skills, go in the marketplace, right, according to your skills, and demand top dollar. Smash and grab. You got an income problem. It means you don't have the means to go out and purchase that jewelry. You got an income problem. You're going to contact someone. That's an income problem along with a character problem. So I concur with all those who are, you know, beside themselves and sick of it, that it needs to stop. Yes, indeed. But we also got to look at the incubator. All of these young men and women came out of somebody's home. Hear me now. As a condition, at Osiris for the last two plus decades, provided mental health services to families, right, in their home, all right, directly, directly in their home, getting to see how families conduct themselves, how they treat each other, how they speak to each other, their provision. That spirit of lawlessness, that spirit of being unconnected to, to, to community, feeling that your needs have not been met, all was cultivated and groomed in somebody's house. And most of those young men and women that you see out there, you know, running buck wild, I concur, running, running buck wild, all right, that spirit was cultivated and groomed in somebody's house. And for some ungodly reason, those young people who don't have the necessary social skill, all right, to thrive in classroom, any form of setting, always seem to gravitate to young men and women who've been groomed and also socialized like them. You notice that? They seem to always find each other. You will never see a child whose parents put time into grooming him or her, providing for their needs, right? giving them a sense, a sense of self-worth worth and purpose, you won't see them hanging with kids like that. You'll never see an honorable student hanging with a kid who's a D or F student. Nothing in common. Nothing in common. You won't see a kid, right, who's well-mannered, well-groomed, okay, respectful, all right, to peers and adults, hanging with kids who are rude and obnoxious. There's no connection. But if you look at their home, therein lies the secret. How one was groomed, nurtured, socialized, compared to the other. So I concur that crime is not okay. It doesn't benefit folks who live in these ghettos. Well, now they call them the urban centers. These, these urban, urban centers, it's another name for the ghetto. It's called like it is now. You say urban centers, that means it's where black Americans and other folks of color live. But it's the same thing. Nobody wants to live in a community that has this year going on. And what they do, the so-called elites who run the cities and the state, they suddenly swear they're doing those who are stuck there because of poverty or lack of wealth a uh, benefit by deliberately, you know, demonizing their kids, you know, their criminals, predators, ministers, ministers to, to, to society. And this community would, would do well if they were not here. And they can also convince parents and other uh, people in the community, right, you know, that, yeah, by any means necessary, get rid of them. 
what you saw in the last 50 years since Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon hollered war, war on, on crime is that it undermined black families, undermined, you know, the, the family. I mean, all these men was given this harsh, harsh sentence, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? And you go in, right, unskilled, une uneducated, and they do nothing to prepare you on your return. They don't make sure that you're highly skilled coming out with a place to stay, where you can now be a taxpayer and not a, and not a taxpayer. I mean, you know, a tax taker. They don't do that. And while you're there, they allow men and women, right, to become, right, barbaric towards each other through violence. So you got them sitting there, right, all under the name of law and order or justice, right? You're not doing anything with them. Instead of Massachusetts, the cost is over 60 grand per year. I had, uh, I was blessed to have when she's running for D the first time, Rachel R Rollins. And she quoted that the price then was over by $60,000 per year per man and woman. Think about it, neighbor. $60,000 per man, per woman, be it jaywalking or murder, per year. So if Larry smacked you upside the head and I got five years, do the math. Five years times what? $60,000. Is that worth it? I don't think so. Ten years, right? Times $60,000. Is that worth it? I don't think so. So again, I'm not, I'm not condoning or excusing the act of violence. I'm not doing that. What I am saying is that these same people who are now highlighting the violence that our kids are doing, they never offer anything other than more folks in blue and cages to put them in. Cages. And what I'm saying to my community, American born blacks, or ADOS as I identify as, American descendant of slaves, that we go wrong when we allow this community who's being groomed, socialized, to hold us in contempt and disdain to also, right, fashion our solution. We must decide what is needed to stem this tide. And I contend you have to look inside the house. This spirit, this spirit, this spirit of malcontent, discontent, disgruntled, disillusion, all has a, a, a birthplace and it starts there in the home. After 22 years out, out here in the trenches, all right, in his home, all right, that's where it starts from. These kids were not born, right, being deviant, being lawless, not caring for other people, no compassion, no empathy. They weren't born like that. These are learned behavior that mushroom when you keep these kids, right, in a type of environment. And they had insult to injury. We know when they go on to preschool, K-1, they're already behind. They're already behind. Many don't know the alphabet. Many can't count. Many I don't know colors. All right? The building block of learning has not been forthcoming from their parents. And we know, right, because one thing about America is big on taking on, on like statistics. We know that their parents also gave their parents a hard way to go. So 
discontent get get, get discontent discontent begets what more discontent and the community right further suffers and so for people to think that the police solve crime is the oxymoron they come after you've been assaulted after you have been robbed after you've been hurt and I contend that we got to do more more than just put more blue and more cages into play. We did that starting with with, with, uh, with uh, Richard Nixon and every president after him, right? Always said, we're going to get tough on crime, tough on crime. But there was no transfer of wealth. It never addressed the racial wealth gap, the black American, income gap, education gap, home, home ownership gap. It addressed no gap at all. See, when you possess when you possess high income, you can move to a better part of town. You can move to another to, to another to another to another town. You got the means to afford right that rent or that mortgage. Most of our folks, right, don't have the luxury or the wealth to do that. So they and their kids are stuck there, in that you know, really at risk environment. So they try to survive as best they can. And many kids, even the parents trying to do a good job, are subject to be ridiculed, picked on, bullied, or even or even recruited to save their own selves. So I'm saying to my group, American born blacks or ADOs as I identify as American Center Slave, that this go around we cannot leave the solution to crime up to the elites who run these cities or these states or, or the government because the verdict is in starting with Richard Nixon and every president that came after him all they gave black America the so called take a bite out of crime thing was more folks in blue namely white Caucasian and more cages and it did nothing to elevate or uplift the group that they swore they was trying to protect. Another thing I find very, very ironic, whereby those who complain about the crime, right, don't even live there. They don't live there. So again, they got no skin in the game. And they swear that they care about those poor folks who live there. That's a lie. It is, in my humble opinion, believe, an assault on black men. It's always been about controlling, neutralizing black men. And the more of them who's out of the mainstream, okay, the safer they feel. Since we've been here since 1619, it's always been about controlling and neutralizing black males. And think about this here. I go there, commit a crime. I do my time. I come out, now I'm stuck with a quarry. It prevents me from becoming a viable member of my community. I can't get work if I wanted to. I don't have housing. And while, while you had me there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right, you did nothing with me. You did nothing to prepare me to be a viable, productive member of society when I came out. That's what I call, right, sinful. That's downright sinful. So it's time 
that we not go to sleep at the wheel. We must insist that we got to have a say-so in the remedies this time around. We just can't do it by hand. Say, so, yep, yep, yep. You know, show them that the predators, the ministers of society, right? The criminals, right? Do what you will with them. Because at the end of the day now, neighbor, who are they coming back to? To us. There's unprepared going in. There's just an unprepared coming out. And you don't drop $60,000 a year, not counting, not, not counting inflation, right? For 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, 20 years. There's a case down there, I think it's in uh, Memphis, where this woman was kidnapped. The guy served 20 years for kidnapping. He came out in 2020. He ain't been out two years, if it's trying to be true. He kidnapped, kidnapped this woman, kidnapped this woman. They found her dead, right? What did he do with him for 20 years? What did he do with him? What did he do with him? Nothing. So he's just as deviant, right? Just as lawless today as he were when they first apprehended him 20 years ago. This is the most antiquated, obsolete institution going called criminal justice. And again, we don't need a reform. We need a do-over, a complete do-over. Anyway, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. The name of the show is Observation of the Trenches. And today's topic is Police Do Not Prevent Crime. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Yeah, it is. Shh. This is my Boston accent. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself. Discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive. I'm back. Again, I'm your host, Larry Gambadon, and you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. In the program, again, is Observation from the Trenches. The focus of this program, I really focus on black Americans. I got no issue against no other group. The reason being why I focus on my group, because no one is speaking to our unique, specific issues. And you can't say, as some folks do, we're black and brown. Brown was not crippled by laws. Brown was not denied or excluded in, in the prosperity of America by laws. American-born blacks have been excluded and denied by laws. Slavery laws. The Black Code laws. Sharecropping laws. Convict leasing laws. The New Deal locked out. Okay. GI Bill locked out. Redlining locked out. War on crime. Laws. Harsh sentences. Laws. So again, the reason why I focus on my group is that nobody needs more attention than American-born blacks at this time. An economist has said, and I quote, by 2053, the black American, black American community is going to be a wealthless group with no wealth. Well, you see it, you see it right now. For most of our people, there's no wealth. You see all this building, all this building going on, all this booming, 
they can't afford those 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 apartments or those, or those houses here in Boston. And the median salary, the most is thirty thousand two hundred dollars. I don't think they're making a house in Boston for somebody with a salary of thirty grand or forty grand or fifty grand. So my community has been totally, totally locked out. It's about laws. Not seeing that what the brown folks go through is not, it's okay. But guess what? American laws did not make them impoverished. It didn't make them destituted. It didn't make them come here with nothing. You see the folks coming, you see the folks here on news coming across that border. They came here destituted. They came here impoverished. They came here with no wealth. Our laws didn't do that to them. So you can never compare them to American-born blacks. But for some reason, folks find it so easy to do that. And I understand why. Because they lack the courage to say, this ordinance is for black Americans only, based on this research and data, is why I'm proposing this ordinance to a, address this need. And it shows a cowardness for my politician and our so-called uh, uh, black elite but they lack the courage to say, this is for black Americans only. But they stand out there on the podium, the steps of the White House, the step of the, uh, the State House, and fight for everybody but black Americans. So again, I don't begrudge anybody. I'm not against nobody. I'm just for the group who's always, always giving the most. I'm for the group who's fought in every war America's had, starting with the War for Independence. And still got re enslaved. Civil War they fought. World War One they fought. World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, Iraq, Iran, you name it. Got nothing. I'm for the group that's been the most loyal to this country of all the folks here, our American born blacks. And all we've been crying and begging for since the emancipation over 150 plus years. And what King was murdered for was for us to be treated as full-fledged citizens with all the perks and rights of whiteness. That included the right to vote, right? High-income high position, home ownership, due process under law, good education. And we're no, we're, no, we're no more near that than we were in 1865. And so again... No group needs more attention than the group who's now a permanent underclass in the country that they built and to the richest country in the world, American-born blacks. So I'm not against any group. Please, 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 don't, don't think that, because I'm not. My focus is to bring attention to the group that needs help. Most on anybody, anybody. There's no reason if things was fair and equitable that American-born blacks as a group now should be a permanent underclass in America. So again, I focus on my group only. I don't begrudge any group. I'm not against anybody. I just want to make sure that folks understand we are a permanent underclass. All the economist data shows that. That's just fact. Ain't no getting around that. If you don't have policy aimed at American-born blacks only, only, O-N-L-Y, you're not going to do anything to elevate 
will change the future for our, for our kids, 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 for those who are not even yet born. So again, I focus on my group, denigrate no group, I guess no group, with no actually, gra- with no actually ground against no group. But I focus on my group. So today's topic is police do not prevent crime. And we need to really understand that. There's, there's an oxymoron statement to think that they do. They come after the fact. And in fact, I would say, right, in this do-over, there's certain things that the police shouldn't be called on. Domestic violence, I wouldn't call them. We've seen that 15, 20 years. When it was called for a DV situation, somebody ended up getting murdered. I would not call them if, if, if an argument broke out. He, he's the argument between you and whoever, right? We've seen on, on the video, somebody called him for help, ended up getting murdered. I would not call them, all right, if there's a mental health issue. Somebody having a, a mental health uh, uh, breakdown, you know, someone who's just, you know, decompensating because of mental, mental health. I wouldn't call them. There are things, right, that the police should not be called on. And so when they talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, defund the police, the elite and those who are strong law and order people, they have totally used propaganda to uh, mislabel what folks what was talking about. They're not talking about eliminating police. They're not talking about you don't need police. They're not talking about not respecting police. They are saying it's clear, it's clear can be, there's certain things that police officers should not be called on. And there should be funds diverted to create division. It's going to deal with mental health. Anybody with a mental health issue, right? You shouldn't call 911. Call another number. And, they, and that department should not be under the, the uh, police uh, department at all. The, you know, DV, domestic violence. You shouldn't call the police on that. Call another number. All right. Conflict, you know, arguments, whatever. You shouldn't call the police on that. There are things that the police should not be called to intervene. Because we've seen in the last 15, 20 years, based on these videos, when they were called, people who called them end up seeing their loved one or friend being murdered. All in the name of, right? I thought I was trying to protect myself. I felt unsafe. So again, when they talk about, you know, defunding the police, they're not talking about eliminating the police. They're not talking about the police is not needed. What they're saying is there's a certain function that should not be under the the chair the, the care and charge of the police. And that's 50 years, I mean, excuse me, last 15, 20 years, based on, based on those videos, I concur. There's certain things I would just not call them on. Because you stand a darn good chance of getting murdered. He he the argument, look out. Look out. DV, look out. Someone having a, uh, you know, mental health, you know, implosion, look out. I wouldn't call them on those things. There's other things, right, that I just would not call the police to, to intervene. And these departments, right, should be totally outside of the police department. And I train these folks, right, how to de- de-escalate. I have mental health professionals, right, who know how to, how, how to work with young men and women who are having what I call a mental health implosion. Who are decompensating. And also, I'd also have, right, facilities, right, set up to house DV 
individuals. If you, have, if, you have, if you have to move women and children, you know, to a safe house. And I also have facilities right, set up, right, to take those who are having a mental health, you know, uh, uh, meltdown. And I also have a situation, right, where he did a debate argument between, you know, two individuals, you know, a place where one can go and cool off for a day or two. Because sometimes when alcohol and drugs are involved, right, you know, well, things can get out of hand. But I, but I also, I would invest in America, in America. I would invest in Americans. I would stop investing in everybody but Americans. And there's something that Donald Trump said, I agree with him on. I agree with him on. There's no reason why we don't have a massive campaign where you invest in these kids in middle school to see who have a good, you know, aptitude to be a nurse or IT person or plumber, you know, electrician. Start to groom these kids, right, while they're in middle school, right? Again, you know, it's their call, but start to groom them for worth for, for worthwhile position. And also, also I, I put them on like a stipend. There are kids right now in these ghetto schools, right, who have, who have, who have, who have, the, who have the aptitude to be future doctors. Why keep robbing other countries of their talent, all right, when you can groom your own? When you can groom your own? And so the elites who run this country, you know, have taken down a path that's been detrimental to our own people. So something that Donald Trump said, I'll be with American first. I would have a massive, massive investment in our own people. Identify these kids in middle in school, in middle school who have the aptitude to be a nurse, you know, a doctor, you know, a plumber, electrician. And I would not just be pushing college. For some, yes, okay. But there are many, many, many professions, both technical and vocation, that will pay you one, two, or three, six figures, and you can also start a, a private practice. You can also hire other folks from your community. But there's no love for the poor. There's no love for black Americans. There's no love for us. It never was. And our so-called black American leaders, right, are fighting for everybody but us. And so when you go there and rob these other countries of their so-called talent, right, is there any wonder that they remain a third world country? Because why? You're draining their talent. All in the name of we need talent. No, develop our own. I would have a massive investment on developing our own young people to fill these positions. Teachers, no problem. There are many young folks in our schools right now, middle school, right, who have the aptitude to be a great teacher. Plumbers, electricians, engineers, kids who have demonstrated right to be scientists, chemists, whatever. Our job is to put mechanism in place whereby those kids, right, can be groomed, can be groomed and nurtured. And here's what you get when you invest in your own. Invest in your own. Number one, there's no dual loyalty to an outside country, to their host country. They're not Jamaican American, Nigerian American, all right, South African American. They're just Americans. Number two, all the wealth that they generate stays here in America. Every year, bigger than dollars, bigger than dollars are sent to these countries. To South America, Central America, South South and Central America, to the Caribbean, to Africa, Europe, etc. 
all that currency stays here. And the most important thing, their loyalty and devotion is strictly to America. By investing in these ghetto schools, these young men and women, right, who have shown the aptitude and the answers to excel in these different fields. I would have in these schools from Boston Latin, Boston English, you name it, you know, recruitment, setting up recruitment for the trades. Those coming in here, right, for those who might, might, might have interest in being a nurse, a doctor, who's showing the aptitude that they can, you know, excel in that. Get them early. And that gives these kids something like a value. I'm being groomed and cultivated for a meaningful occupation that's going to benefit me and my country. And that way, they become what? Taxpayers and not tax burden. We need to get out of importing our so-called talent. You got all this here raw material in America. We're going to use it. And so these kids, right, see no future, see no option. All they see around there, right, what is despair, gloom and doom, urban decay, folks doing wrong, folks working, breaking laws, making money. So what it is, monkey see, monkey do. So, hey, they just slinging dope, slinging drugs, you know, that's what I'm going to do. If they're out there playing ball all the time, you what I call these high-risk occupation, whole entertainment field, trying to be rappers, which many, 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 many of them don't stand a chance of ever being a rapper or a professional athlete, or Sabrina, or Venus William, then they're just hopeless. But if you get these kids on the path in middle school, with a stipend, where they, where they know it's what I'm being exposed to, groomed, groomed to, it's a whole different outlook. But we need to be, we need to be clear. We need to make investment in our own people, in America, and stop importing labor. Stop importing and brain-draining these other countries of that talent. We ought to, we ought to start there. And then you'll see some difference in these kids because now they're being prepared to be something and to do something with their life. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You're listening to WBCA. 102.9 FM Boston. The name of the show is Observation of the Trenches. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Hello, my name is Demetrius and I'm 11 years old. I've been Jesse's little brother for two years. A lot of boys my age need a big brother, but they aren't as lucky as me to have one. Did you know that there are hundreds of boys waiting for a big in eastern Massachusetts? Learn how you can make a difference and defend the potential of a child like me. To learn more, you can visit massbaybigs.org. All right, I'm back, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Gumbottom. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. And this program, again, is Observation of Trenches. And again, my focus here is on Black Americans only. Begrudging no group, I guess no group. The reason why I focus on the group that I'm a member of, because we have been totally forgotten. Our legitimate grievances against this government have been totally moved off the table. And in fact, 
initiative that came into existence, affirmative action, minority, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, all these acts that came into existence that King was murdered behind benefits everybody but American-born blacks. It's like they become weaponized where they benefit everybody but our group. And economists are saying that by 2053, and shortly 31 years from now, that the American black community is going to be a wealthless community. They have no wealth. And if you recall back here in 2015, the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston did a uh, research called The Color of Wealth. In that research, the economists found that American-born blacks in the city of Boston had a median net worth of $8. Yeah, $8. $8. Now, how can a group that's been there since 1619 end up with a median wealth of $8? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you why. Laws. Laws, laws, laws prevented American-born blacks from participating and prospering in America when she's a virgin country, up and coming. Laws. And so again, if you don't have policies aimed at this group only, American-born blacks, you're never ever, and countries are saying that, they're saying that, you're never ever going to change, you're never ever going to change or close the racial wealth gap or no gap. And they said, again, economists saying, even if you have those those initiatives. It's going to take centuries to close this gap. So what we do today is not so much to benefit you and I, but what we're fighting for today is going to benefit our kids, 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 and those who have not even yet been conceived. I'm sure King was out there marching, getting spit on, hit with rocks, insult, etc. I'm sure that all those individuals knew that they were not going to benefit from their sacrifice. But they were concerned about those coming behind them, those who, who had not yet even conceived and born yet. Why must they continue to be insulted and degraded in the country that they built into the rich country the world, that America would not be America without all the wealth that was derived, that that was derived of the bodies, blood, sweat, and tears of our ancestors. America would be a third world nation. I'm sure King realized that he was not going to benefit from his sacrifice. King was born, I think, you know, in the, with the 1930s. My, my mother and father was born in 1930. So, so that group got out there and they took the lumps, the bumps. Some got murdered. Some got spit on, beat down, hosed down, dogged down, you name it, okay? But neighbor, it was more than just to vote. They wanted to be treated as a full-fledged United citizen with all the perks and benefit thereof of whiteness. That included wealth, high-quality homes, access to city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, the trades, high-income position and treated as a member and citizen of the United States. So again, I focused on that group. And I contend with you that police do not prevent crime. They're needed, no doubt about it. I've heard nobody say we don't need them. 
What we don't need is what occurred for the last 50 years when they end up giving the group who got no wealth just more folks in blue, massive, massive, massive number of people in blue and more cages to put us in, namely our young youth. You, when you look at TV, who's out there doing this stuff? Silly young people. Silly young people who've been nurtured and groomed because they got no skills. Those are poverty offenses. Got no skills. And so again, folks that will get a job, many don't have the social skills and the cognitive skills to go out and fill out, out the application online. So the home has failed them, school has failed them, community has failed them, all meaningful institutions has failed them. Some folks say, and I, I don't agree with that, from being out, out in the churches in Osiris, working in these homes for the last 20, 22 plus years, they call it the school, school, the prison pipeline. No, 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 not the school, not the school, the prison pipeline. I call it the home, the prison pipeline. This spirit was cultivated and nurtured and groomed in the house. This harshness, you know, not having compassion, not caring, no empathy, not seeing a bright future, not having a bright future, not being lovers of learning. So they entered K-1 preschool already behind. When I work with them out in the field, I call them free spirit. They have not been cultivated or groomed to be able to work in a group setting with young kids, how to take their turn, raise their hand. You know, what I call cooperative play. They have not been exposed to that. And so they don't do well academically. And most of the folks you see out there running the muck, you know, smashing, grab, you know, knocking folks out you know, doing all that, you know, nonsense, come out of those type of environments. And so we must look to say, we have to really do a better job in letting would-be parents know the awesome responsibility they have in nurturing, grooming, cultivating, and socializing their children. Because a community, right, only reflects what the home senate. A community reflects what the home has sent it. A school system reflects what the, what the home has sent it. A school reflects what the home has sent it. So if you're not done your job grooming, right, preparing, cultivating, socializing these young people, right, to do well in school, to be a love of learning, right, they take that deviant spirit into the community, into the classroom. And they become non-student. They're not studious. Because why the foundation is not set? The mannerism, the decorum, all the things that parents who own their job put into their kids is not there. And so the white elites who run this country, along with some of their black counterparts, all they want to do, all they see, predator, criminal, minister society. You notice those terms, right? Start to devalue them as human being. Criminal. He's a criminal. It's like saying he's been ostracized from the community. He's not worth 
worthwhile being part of the community because he's a criminal. He's a predator. He's a menace to society. So when they say those terms repeatedly, it's like planting in your mind that these folks, right, have lost their humanity. It's just, you know, spirits running wild in the community. And the best thing we can do is lock them up. We're not going to do nothing with them when we get them. Lock them up. And in the city of Boston right now, we're dropping over $60,000 a year. A year. $60,000 a year to lock somebody up. So we're giving these long sentences, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and you don't do nothing with them. They come out just as non-productive as they, as they did when they went in. So the whole criminal justice system is the most corrupt, antiquated, illogical system going. And people who are the taxpayer like me and you, we end up being victimized. But why? We're wasting 60 grand a year on something that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It does nothing to make them productive. It does nothing to make them eager to get back in the community. Why? They got some of value to give. To participate. They're not highly skilled. And you got that stupid Corey, the most asinine thing I ever heard about, a Corey. If you feel that these folks are so unworthy to be back in the community, well then, that's double jeopardy. I don't give you the rapist or murderer. If you cannot be reintegrated into the community, if you cannot get back into the community, you know, good jobs, good career, making money, doing well. If he or she cannot be reintegrated, right, well then, you might as well kill him. You might as well go and kill him. Because you're saying, that stupid Corey, right, that you're going to be locked out of all opportunities. It's the most asinine policy that the elite ever came up with. The same with a child molester or a murderer. If you feel that unsafe or that that, un, that you know, insecure, put them to sleep. Put them to sleep. Because you're not doing me or the community a favor because now they're locked out. They're locked out anything called housing, anything called employment. They're locked out. And all you can say, justice has been served. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because we know most of these people are coming out of prison. And matter of fact, anybody who's there on any kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know drug, drug charge, drug charge, to me, I let them out. I would pump all that money instead of in, in, in locking folks up. I would have a, a very massive education program starting from the fifth grade to adulthood. Letting kids see, adults see the harm. They're getting hooked up on heroin, cocaine, crack, meth, whatever, alcohol. And I would recruit those individuals who got their life messed up by being heroin addicts, cocaine addicts, crack addicts, by being ambassadors to go into these schools, the Y, churches, businesses, and let folks hear their story, the thing they had to do once they got, once this drug consumed them. I would not pump another dime into the war on drugs. It, too, is a colossal failure. Only somebody who's benefited from that, right, are folks in blue. 
folks in blue. It's done nothing to elevate a Magamore black community. We got none out the deal, none out the deal. Because you knew they were not prepared to be out in the community. Because why? No skills. Selling drugs at its core is an income problem, a skill problem. So you won't make sure they trade to get tra- trade trained in the trade, or they get on the track to be, you know, nurses, chemists, lawyers, doctors, whatever. You won't do that. And you know darn well these schools in in, in, in the ghetto, right, are low performing. You already know that. You already know that most don't stand a chance. You already know that. So all you know, your prison gonna be filled with young black American males and females. Especially black males. And these white judges, and not black judges, are going to do what? Well, go under the law. I got to throw the book at you. 50 years. 40 years. It's $60,000 a pop. 60 grand times 20 years. 60 grand times 15 years. Do the math. So now I'm being victimized. We, the taxpayers, have been victimized. Why? Nothing of, nothing of substance is coming out of those long prison terms. So you already know, elite who run, run the city, the state, this country, that in these cities, these city schools, ain't nothing going on. You know, you already know that. You already know that. And you already know the homes that many these kids come out of, right, was non-functioning from the get-go. You, the research shows that too. We already know. So all you got there is a ready-made ready population for prison. A ready-made population for social decency. You already know that. And the mistake that we as black Americans make as a community, we allow you, the elite, to create a solution that's not in our favor. It's not in our favor. That, I find, is totally asinine on our part. And so you watch the news, you're going to see young black males Black females, poor white, doing what? Income crime. Income crime. You gonna lie, you gonna rob, you know, a gas station, seven eleven. You know, you're gonna, you know, you know, you're gonna uh put a chain around an ATM machine and you know, try and try to try to try to, you know, drag it out of the store. Those are income problems. Those are the kind of skill problem. These folks have no skills. They lack skills. But you already know that. Based on the zip code where they live, you already know that you're going to see many of them, right, in your court. You already know that. And so I say it's time for the recognized police are needed, but they do not stop crime. It's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard, that they stop crime. And defund the police, it's all white, right-wing paranoia, white, white, right-wing propaganda. There's certain things that the police should not be asked to do. That's what they're saying. They're not saying they don't need the police. They're not saying they're not, they're not valued or respected. But the last 15, 20 years, when they were called to do certain things, like traffic stop, a traffic stop, he got murdered behind a traffic stop? Yep. Or a call, a call involving DV, domestic violence? Yep, somebody got murdered. An argument ensued between parties? Yep, person who called him got murdered. Mental health, yep, somebody got murdered. What they're saying 
by defund the police, and I think that the, the wording could, 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 be, could have been used differently, is that there's things that we can now say, based on these videos, that the police has no business being involved in. And I concur with that. And these departments that we should create to be totally outside of the authority of the police. We should train these individuals, all right, who's going to make up, you know, the, you know, DD unit, domestic violence unit, mental health unit, all right, conflict unit, when it's heated argument, all right, mental health unit. And we should also have to have, have facilities, right, that we can take these individuals to, right, if we must, right, where they can cool off and be stabilized. Be stabilized. But there's, there's many things that police do now they should not be doing. Because racism is going to always be part of America. It's going to always be part of America. Ain't going nowhere. And I think many folks are confused about racism because why? Most folks look for racism as it, as, as, as it was occurring in my mama's time, 1930. Blatant, blatant hatred for black America. So again, hope you enjoyed this program. Please stay tuned next, next, uh, next, next week and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.